scripture lesson today is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 10, verses 34 to 43. And Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. This is the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened, has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Good morning, everyone. Obviously, the reading is not Acts 10, 43, I'm sure a lot of you caught that. It's 34 to 43, but that's okay. So welcome, everyone, and uh, glad some of you stuck around. Um, I know that some of our members have gone over to Carmen for the lectureship, so it's good to see still a fair amount of people here. That's it's exciting. Um, welcome to any of you who are visiting, and uh, welcome to you who are at home watching. And uh, we know that we are gathered together to worship the Lord, to glorify God. So this week, we are going to finish off Romans chapter 12, and then next week we'll be getting into Romans chapter 13. Hopefully some of you will come out for tonight, for this evening, for a discussion class. We're going to continue to talk about our lesson this morning and go into a, uh, a discussion, some questions to help us to think. And so we've looked at chapter 12. <clears throat> Paul talked about how to live as a Christian in light of what God has done for us. And we are going to look at verses 14 to 21. Uh, up to this point, Paul specified what it means to have a transformed life. We are not to be arrogant people thinking we're better than others. We are to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. It's a choice that we have to make. We are to be devoted to one another in brotherly or sisterly love and to honor one another above ourselves. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. So we covered all this stuff last week. To share with others teaches a person not to be selfish and arrogant. That's what we need to learn as Christians, not to be selfish, not to be arrogant. When you think about sin, the root of sin is self. Everything, every sin that you can think of is connected to self because it's all about us. It's not about what God wants. And so we need to practice Hospitality, we need to share with God's people. We have these things in place to teach us not to be selfish people. So perhaps what Paul had in mind with these Gentile Christians he was speaking to is this, and dealing with the, the Jews that were persecuting and the Jews that were getting after them. And so I could just picture it kind of a tug of war 
the Jews and the Gentiles both thinking they're the special chosen people of God now. So, so Paul's speaking to all Christians, though, when he says the things that he says here in Acts chapter 12. So we need to pay attention. We need to look at these things. So it's a Christian trait to share. As Christians, we should be willing to share. It's a Christian trait. As we said last week, we also have to remember that contributing to the needs of the saints does not mean contributing to the wants of the saints. So we need to make sure that everybody is taken care of. We are a family. We are a body. Everybody needs to be taken care of. We need to share, but we're not sharing for the wants. We are sharing for the needs. And so now we get into our verse, verses for this week. Let's start with verse 14 of Romans chapter 12 and read that. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. So before, Paul talked mostly about how to behave and act toward fellow Christians. But now he turns towards the people of this world, those who are not in Christ. He referred specifically to those who are persecuting them. Paul told his audience to bless those who persecute them. Now, he wanted these Gentile Christians to change the way they think about others. Well, most likely, as mentioned a minute ago, probably this tug of war is going on. The Jews, the Jews saying they're, they're the special people of God. And we might remember in the previous chapter, in chapter 11, the Gentiles now were saying that they were the special chosen people of God. And Paul had to get after them and said, no, don't be arrogant. especially because of race or religious or political beliefs, to constantly annoy or bother someone. I like that one. That's one's, that one's interesting. To treat continually in a cruel and harmful way. So these are the definitions that I found for the word persecute. So when persecution comes, Paul said, bless those who persecute you. Take a look at those definitions and think about that. To constantly annoy or bother someone. So think about somebody constantly annoying you and trying to bother you. Think about someone trying to continually uh, treat you continually in a cruel and a harmful way. And when you're being treated like that, it says, bless those who do that to you. Bless them and do not curse. You imagine how hard that would be? Imagine, if you will, if someone came up to you and laughed at you after you told them that you go to church every Sunday. What would you do? If someone, after finding out you're a Christian, tells you that you've been brainwashed, how will you respond to that? Yes, yeah, a little delayed, but that's okay. If somebody comes up to you and tells you you're brainwashed, how are you going to handle that? What are you going to say to that person? How are you going to deal with that situation as a Christian? Are you going to lash back out at that person? Are you going to let them have it? How are we to treat others when others persecute us? Well, we should pray for these people and not curse them. Why? Because, as I said in a previous lesson, they don't know they're lost. They don't realize they're lost. They don't know what is waiting for them after this life. We do. So we want to see them saved someday. We don't want to drive them further away. We want to create an opportunity to be able to show them that as a Christian, we're different. We want to be able to win them over with love. That's why we do this. That's why we bless them when they persecute us. That's why we pray for them. We do not curse. We are to be different and bless those who tell you that you're crazy or brainwashed, as one person uh, told me, and another person called me a Jesus freak one time, so that was interesting. Had never been called that before, but a Jesus freak. 
So when people persecute you, when people say things to you, bless them, pray for them, do not curse, and hope that God will create an opportunity to be able to reach them with the good news. Look at verses 15 and 16 now. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. So we are to not only share what we have with each other in order to provide for each other's needs, we are also to share ourselves. That's what the Apostle is talking about in those verses. We are to share our very selves with each other. As the church, the holy people of God, we are to be close like a family, since that's what we are. We're the family of God. We should be close. If we look around and we ask ourselves, well, is this body really close? Well, I guess we need to work on that, don't we? We need to be close. We're a family. When there's good news for one, it should be good news for all. When there's sad news for one, it should be sad news for all. And everyone should be quick to comfort that one person. That is what family does. Or that is at least what family should do. That is what we should do as the body of Christ. And if we're not doing that, then we need to get to work. We need to work on that. We are to share ourselves with each other. And maybe that's difficult for some of us. Maybe we've been hurt in the past. It's a little hard for us to trust and open up. Maybe there's difficulty in that in some way or another. But that's what we need to do. Perhaps some kind of bad experience with people. Well, with the people of God, the Lord expects us to trust each other and live in harmony with one another. And that means for some of us, it requires change. We all have to change in some way. Change is what is involved when we are told to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, as we read at the beginning of chapter 12. We have to renew our thinking. We have to change the way we think and feel and do things differently than the world. We've got to be different than the world. We have to stand out and look different than the world. So what Paul was saying was be humble. We are to be humble people in the kingdom of God. And perhaps these Gentile Christians were imitating what they saw from the Jewish leaders, the way they were behaving. And Paul told them not to behave like that. Jews would seek after exalted positions. They wanted the best seats in the synagogues. They were prideful and they'd like to exalt themselves above and over the people. And maybe the Gentiles were starting to imitate that. So Paul says don't behave like that. That's not the way you're to behave. These Gentile Christians were not to think of themselves more highly than they ought to, and neither should we. We are not to make the same mistake the Jews made and then the Gentiles made. We are not to be proud or conceited, as it says, thinking we're the special people of God and that others are beneath us. I have seen Christians behave that way, that we're special because we are the people of God and everyone else is not. That's not the way we should behave. That won't win anyone over That will not bring anyone to Christ. We need to be careful. We are to be willing to associate with lowly people, not looking down on anyone. God loves his people. He wants us to be loving people too. Verses 17 to 19 now. Now these verses are interesting. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. And so, vengeance belongs to the Lord, and is not for us to take. If we're going to be humble, loving people, then repaying evil for evil doesn't look very loving, does it? Think about it. If I fight fire with fire and I repay evil for evil, and there's somebody watching, 
that doesn't look very loving, does it? Somebody caught me behaving badly, and that doesn't look very loving. And so, it doesn't look very loving, and we have to watch out. We don't want to simply look the same as everyone else. As Paul said, we are to live at peace with everyone. We are to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. We are to be good, law-abiding citizens so that no one will have anything bad to say about us. Except, let me throw that out, except we are to be law-abiding citizens except if the government tells us to do something that's contrary to God's word. We are to follow God's word. God's will must be done first. We always need to remember that. And so, we need to be good, loving people, law-abiding citizens. We need to look different than the world. Our Lord Jesus wants us to treat people in the world differently than they treat us. Think about that. The Lord wants us to treat people in the world differently than the way that they treat us. We can't bring people to Christ if we react badly towards them. So, let them see that you're different. And that you don't behave the way the people of the world behave. Let them see that you behave different and that you handle things differently than the world would handle it. So what about people who don't know you're a Christian? What about people who don't know you're a Christian and they treat us badly? How do you deal with that? Have you ever had someone curse you because you accidentally cut them off while you were driving? You know, beep, beep, honk their horn at you. How do you react? Do you honk your horn back? You get mad? Beep. Or do you just forgive them? Or perhaps you had someone steal your parking spot just before you were going to turn into it. Have you ever had that happen to you? Getting ready to cut in and all of a sudden somebody just comes up behind you and takes your parking spot. Have you ever had that happen? Well, how are you going to behave? How are you going to react? How are you going to deal with that situation as a Christian? We should not trade fire for fire. We should not trade insult for insult. We should not trade bad behavior for bad behavior. When people hurt us, we should not react by lashing out and wanting to hurt them back. That is not the way of a Christian. As one Bible commentator by the name of Don Shackelford said, and he's a member of the church, said in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21, Paul reveals how Christians, as renewed and transformed people, behave toward both their brothers and sisters in Christ and their enemies. Toward each other, Christians are to abound in hospitality, love, and respect. With regard to enemies, Christians are to strive for peace, remembering that God himself meets out punishment. Vengeance is never an option for the Christian. Strange as it may seem, more good is accomplished by kind treatment of enemies than by repaying evil for evil. So I've seen a lot of heated arguments come to an end by a loving attitude, having a nice loving attitude and putting out fires, really heated arguments. Love can change a person. Love shows compassion and understanding. Love can do more than we think. We honor God by repaying evil with good rather than more evil. Stop and think about that for a minute. When something happens and somebody does harm to you, somebody does something to you, when I say harm, I'm not talking about physically, but somebody insults you, somebody says something to you, does something to you, we honor God. We honor God by repaying evil with good rather than with more evil. It honors God, our behavior. We honor God by doing what he says in his word. Now, one thing I want to point out, in all that I'm saying, repaying evil with evil, I'm not talking about not defending yourselves. I'm talking about somebody's verbally insulting you and that kind of stuff. We can defend ourselves as Christians, so let's keep that in mind. Verse 20 now. 
On the contrary, so notice he's saying on the contrary, contrary to the things that he said. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. So at first this might seem like a strange thing to be told to do, but if we understand what is being said, then it's not so strange. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. Okay, that's pretty self-explanatory. Not, not much needs to be said about that. But what about the next part of that verse? Does this picture show us what the apostle was telling us to do? Is that what we're supposed to do? Throw some burning coals on somebody's head and light his head on fire? Well, obviously that's not what it's talking about, right? That doesn't make any sense. doesn't sound in line with the love of God, right? So Paul was talking about doing good to your enemy, not harming him. The most likely explanation is that when you give food or water to your enemy, it is like putting burning coals on a person's head. It should cause them pain from the shame and guilt they feel and perhaps turn about to repentance, bring them to repentance. When you do good, when somebody's behaving badly, it makes them feel guilty. It makes them feel ashamed of their behavior. That's kind of the, this picture gives us the wrong impression, doesn't it? But this is figurative language. It's like putting burning coals on their head. It's like making them suffer, feel in pain with the, the shame and the guilt. But take a look, if you will, at Proverbs chapter 25, verses 21 to 22, which is the verse that Paul quotes here. Notice what it says in that passage. Proverbs chapter 25, verses 21 and 22 say this. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. But then it adds, and the Lord will reward you. And the Lord will reward you. So obviously, if you're putting burning coals on somebody's head and the Lord's rewarding you, then obviously we're not following the right God, right? There's something wrong here. So we have to understand that's figurative language. God doesn't want us to do harm to people, right? Is the Lord going to reward us for harming someone or for trying to bring someone to repentance by our kindness? Ah, by trying to bring someone to repentance by our kindness. It makes more sense. In light of the fact that Paul had been teaching not to repay evil for evil, it makes sense. We want to save people, and kindness in the face of evil can help to do that. It can bring someone to repentance and save their soul. Let's take a look now at the very last verse, verse 21 of Romans chapter 12. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So this is not telling us to repay the evil that someone has done to us with kindness. Paul already covered that in previous verses. Paul wasn't talking about a person here. He was saying, don't let evil get to you. Don't be overcome by it. Evil in general can be overcome with good. If you can't overcome evil in your enemy, then overcome the evil in yourself. Overcome evil. Don't be overcome by evil. This is part of the renewing or transforming process that takes place after we respond to God's gift of love. We have been called to a kingdom of light, not darkness. The kingdom of darkness is what we lived in before we obeyed the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are to overcome the evil in us when we become a Christian. I want to finish with Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 to 14. And in those verses, it is talking about God the Father. 
says that God, give thanks to God the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. That it says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So we have been called out of darkness and into the kingdom of the son, the kingdom of light. God wants love, not hate. God wants us to repay evil with good and not be overcome by evil. God wants us to hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Let God deal with people who have wronged us. He is just. He'll take care of it. We're not to take revenge. Leave that for the Lord. We are to be different. We are to be transformed and behave like people of God. We have been called to a higher living. We have been called to a higher way to live. We are to love our enemies. We are to do good when they try to do evil to us. And we have been called to live a life of love. That's what we've been called to, to live a life of love, even in the face of evil, even in the face of persecution. If you haven't responded to God's gift of love by obeying the gospel, now is the time to do so. Don't live in darkness any longer. Won't you make the decision to come to Christ? Have your sins washed away in baptism so that you will be added to the kingdom of light. Won't you do that at this time? Let's stand and sing our last song of the morning.